3: Hello, this is Let's Talk About Myths, baby, and I am here with a very special episode. Yes, it is a Tuesday, and I'm here with a conversation episode, and do you know why? It's because it's a conversation episode that I know so, so, so many of you are going to want to hear. Of course, I think you should want to hear all my conversation episodes because I talk with really cool people about really dorky shit, but this one, well, there is a certain webcomic that started out about the same time as I started this podcast really coincidentally and one which people still to this day recommend to me and I find it so precious when anyone thinks that I haven't already heard of it and it's so well-meaning and lovely and it's just because everyone fucking loves lore olympus so much Myself included. I absolutely love Rachel Smythe's Laura Olympus. It is a super fun webtoon um, that is retelling the story of Hades and Persephone in a way that I love. And that says a lot because I'm pretty picky about that couple, as you all may well know. Um, but Laura Olympus is just doing it so beautifully. Rachel's work is so gorgeous. The illustrations are stunning, and the whole story has so much depth and meaning. and the way that she's using the gods and the goddesses and these characters of myth is so unique and lovely. And anyway, I follow it week to week. I do the fast pass. I love it so much. And the reason I'm talking to Rachel, aside from the fact that she and I have been Twitter friends for a long time, and we've been meaning to to chat, is because Laura Olympus is coming out as a print edition of the book, which is really cool. I love print copies of books, especially when they're beautiful, full-color graphic novels about Greek mythology. Like, yes, fucking please. Um, So today, I talked to Rachel about Lore Olympus. In hindsight, did we talk that much about it being a print book? No. But that was the reason that we talked, and um, we talked about mythology generally, Laura Olympus, what she's doing with Laura Olympus, and sort of everything therein um, about sourcing and finding sources, and our own obsession with primary sources, and just generally, we had such a good time. We, it's really, it was just such a fun conversation. It was so incredible to talk to Rachel, um, and I just know that you're all going to enjoy it so, so much. So if you have haven't already pre-ordered your copy of Lore Olympus in physical, beautiful book form. It comes out the day this podcast is released, hence this episode coming out on a Tuesday, that is November 2nd. The book is available and I personally am so excited for it and I was so thrilled to get an advanced copy and be considered for all this. feels feel so fancy. Anyway, I'm a super dork. This was such a fun conversation. I know you're all going to love it because so, so, so many of you just already love Laura Olympus and God, it was just so much fun to talk to Rachel. So here you go. This is episode 143, Adapting Greek Myth: The World of Lore Olympus with Rachel Smythe. Thank you so much for doing this. And thank you for having me. Oh, gosh, it's I'm very very nice thrilled to too. I'm very <laughs> thrilled. I mostly just want to talk about your use of mythology generally Mm -hmm. so obviously like I mean the depictions of Hades and Persephone are going to be like the biggest things for everybody For, for me I love their relationship in Lore Olympus but I also just absolutely am obsessed with like every other character and I think that's just like the like the general mythology nerd in me where I'm like yeah like I like them they're like I'm a big fan but I'm also like Eros is one of my favorite characters or like your Poseidon I want to make sure you talk not just me like talking about how much I love all the individual ones so I just kind of want to I mean I guess just get a sense of like how did you set about creating your version of all of these characters like who I mean maybe like who did you start with or who kind of gives you the most inspiration does that sound like a question you can
4: answer it does it's it a sounds question like, at all it so it's sounds- that's a hint of a question. No, I think, um, God, it's kind of like one of those how long is a pieces? Like it's such a, you know, a big I know. part of it. And like much time I have spent sitting being like, how do I answer this question in an articulate and intelligent way? But I think maybe one of the, the, the strongest uh, point that I have really is the questions that I have around mythology when I read it so mm. I mean we have a lot of like what we do know which is great but there's yeah, okay. like a lot of what we don't like <laughs> oh, the, I, I'm like you know you read it and you're like but I have questions positive questions but like the likelihood of us getting the answers to those questions <laughs> oh I mean God. I would love it <laughs> if someone was like we have ex- excavated a site and we found like I don't know some some scroll, and it's got all the answers on it that you wanted to know. (laughs) Could you imagine?
3: um, Oh my god! It would be a
4: party. It would be like (laughs) I'd be like, give me there, I want to tell (sighs) me (laughs) this. So, but um, yeah, I think it is very much about like joining the dots. So, really. I'm sorry, this is going to be such a, a long-winded answer, but...
3: No, please. Okay, so like, my this, is bit,
4: this is a bit in the Odyssey, right? Okay, there's a bit in the Odyssey where there's, like, a bard and he's singing, the, he's telling the story of um, Aphrodite, Hephaestus, <laughs> and Ares, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, this is fantastic, the story, and... That's all like, oh, oh, the women don't come for modesty. Like, they don't come and look at Aphrodite being stuck in this, you know, uh, net with, uh, with (laughs) Aries. But there is a bit that always leaves me like, I just want to know. And like, even maybe you might know because I'm not like, (laughs) I don't have like any sort of like classic, classics (laughs) qualification or anything (laughs) like that. But like, so Poseidon is like, why are you? Doing this, he- is, i d- like find like he's like, let me help you because I think even at the time they're all like, I mean, this is like very juicy, but also deeply shameful, and like the context is there because you because sh- they talk about like the le- le- the female goddesses do not come; they're like we stay at home because this is so scandalous. This is a very scandalous story, and even <laughs> Zeus is like the vibe that I get. he's, he's like god what a mess and Poseidon's like oh this is kind of shameful don't uh, what are you doing what are you doing and Feistus is like I'm very upset (laughs) I'm very distraught and Poseidon's like I will pay like I think it's like the dowry back or something and I'm like what bones do you have in this though Poseidon what bones like what is your stake in this and I still like (laughs) you'd think like if it was if it was Zeus, it would make sense to me. Because he, like, I think arranged this. It's his thing that he arranged, mm-hmm. as far as I know. But suddenly Poseidon is there being like, I've got you. And I'm like, what? Now you're reasonable. <laughs> like,
5: no, that, And it that really, is... like,
4: and it keeps me awake. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like why? Why did he care? Because he generally seems to be, like, Poseidon seems to be very chaotic.
3: And yes. <laughs> I... I have never thought about this question, and now it will keep me up at night. If
4: you find out, please let me
3: know. But you're right. Like, Poseidon, I mean, which leads me directly into I'm so obsessed with your take on Poseidon, because he is ridiculous in the best possible way. And, like, real Poseidon is, like, violent... In a really depressing kind of he's way. He's Very
4: surly. Like he's captain yeah. surly out of all of them. Yeah, as far as I understand. Yeah. That like, yeah, no, he's the most like if anyone's gonna get mad, it's him. He's gonna get mad. Like Yeah,
3: he's gonna get mad and he tends to like be uh like just a more violent person, which is why I enjoy yours where he's just like silly. <laughs> yeah, I think like for
4: I think for the most part, I kind of think of like, you've got you got these three brothers and I kind of think about them as the variations of one man. That's mm. kind of the takeaway that I get from it is like, I mean, obviously this is, this doesn't have to be the be all end all. It's just like, I think about them like, and it just seems like it just comes off as like, are they just like three variations of one man? Because you quite often see, like, to to cut a long story short, like, they'll refer to uh, Hades as Dark Zeus or, like, Zeus of the Earth or something because they don't want to say Hades or whatever because it's very scary. Very scary. (laughs) I always think about the ocean and what that means for someone in the ancient world, right? Like, the ocean is where you're going to get a lot of your resources from. It's how you travel. Like, you're not getting in an aeroplane. (laughs) you're not you're you're taking your boat. so it's very scary but like very plentiful so that's kind of my you know how I go about thinking about Poseidon because like Poseidon at the moment in the story is not really the main he's not a main main character like he's there and later on he'll probably have some more stuff to do (laughs) no spoilers or maybe he (laughs) won't no spoilers but like you know that that's kind of how I go about it is I'm like, what is this you know this person who oh that's the other thing is I kind of like the idea of him being like like i said he's, he 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 seems to read as someone who is quite uh i guess yes surly and violent, and you know he'll he he's he seems less reasonable, but mm-hmm. I mean that that i we could make that case about most uh characters from (laughs) mythology to be honest um and i kind of think about you know like lord of the flies and there's that character piggy Piggy is the smartest character, but unfortunately he is the least articulate, so nobody takes him seriously, so I kind of apply the same sort of uh, thing to Poseidon in the sense that he actually does have a lot of smart things to say, like occasionally he'll drop some sort of truth bomb in a very articulate way, but for the most part they're like, oh, the sea is unruly and random, and you know, he's kind of just going to do his thing, so... I think that's that's how, that's how I think about Poseidon. I mean, obviously, if I'm, like, I think this is a statement that's probably going to come up a lot in this interview because we're talking about adaptations and it's always going to be, you know, the elephant in the room. <laughs> but, like, I am aware that he is not, like, beat for beat the same as, like, Poseidon from mythology. I mean, of course I could sit down and, you know, create a piece of, media that is a beat for beat translation of Poseidon but you know what would that look like it would just be him like fighting with Athena yeah I mean the text already exists he's already dead. he's already great in the source material and I personally don't think that I have anything to like add
3: oh yeah no I, I was just like I, th- I think your Poseidon is just a lot better than real Poseidon because if you were to depict him real He would definitely be like a bit more boring, but also like most of his stories are just him being violent to women, like honestly, like nine out of 10. And that's not fun. Like that's not a fun character, you know, whereas I love like that. Yeah, like he occasionally has his truth bombs, but otherwise he's just kind of like a sidekick in the best sort of way where he's just sort of there in the background sometimes doing silly things and i i just fully enjoy that about him but i think adaptation in general is like i mean it's important to make changes because you i mean obviously you have to make changes in order to make a story work for now but especially Mm -hmm. just because you're right like that story already exists the original one so why retell it beat for beat like what yeah what does that add
4: yeah i mean personally like i don't really look at my characters and it's like oh, they, they are better than the existing text in any way. I'm just like, this is just me. Like, it's obviously, obviously the characters are like deeply compelling from mythology and that's why we like them. That's why, we, mm-hmm. you know, that's why people are obsessed with them. That's why they've stuck around for so long. But I think if you're like doing an adaptation for like, I guess, a certain market, you need to be like, how is this going to look through modern day uh, sensibilities? Like what is mm-hmm. going to work? So Like, some stuff is not going to translate well, like, uh, I guess for an example of what I personally really struggled with is there's uh, the the myth of um, Eros and Psyche, where there is a lot of, like, I mean, there's a lot of questions around, like, consent, like, today, like, I'm sure at the Mm -hmm. time that were like, you know this is fine. But like, now it's like, I mean, I can't write a story about a man being like, I'm invisible and I'm coming into <laughs> this mansion and we're going to do it, but you're never going to see me. And I'm like that, like, I can't like serve that up in the year 2021 and not have a few eyebrows raised. <laughs> like And like, obviously we have context for these stories where we're like, I mean, we understand this of the time in like the world, the ancient worlds, we have that context to kind of explain what's happening there within a modern context. It just doesn't, it's a not do, unless you're trying to make a different type of comic, but you know, it's a, you know, it all depends.
3: Oh yeah. I, I think the same thing. I mean, even I covered Cupid and Psyche really early on in the podcast. And I think I even romanticized it too much because for me, it's like the first myth I found as a kid. And so mm-hmm. I had this like romantic attachment to it in a way that is like, maybe, you know, has skewed even my thoughts on it. So yeah, I mean, that story specifically, it is, it is such an interesting one, because the, the, <laughs> the questions of consent should be very obvious. But I think so often, it's like drilled into your head as being romantic, because the the stories. Is you know it's meant to be romantic and it always has been sort of taken that way but then if you really do look at it objectively yeah it's like no she is literally like basically kidnapped to a palace <laughs> yeah. and then an invisible guy to comes like comes to her at night like that's not ideal definitely not <laughs> yeah and I mean
6: yeah it's
4: all about like context right but yeah, I mean, like, I had the same thing for, like, Hades and Persephone, where was, like, a myth that I came to was a very young person. So I was like, to me, it's very romantic to me as a child. So I have that. I have that bias. Like, I realize as an adult, everyone has their favorite. But I think kind of the thing that is so compelling about all of these characters is that, you know, you've got, like, none of them are perfect. They all do, except for, like, maybe prometheus like mm-hmm. did he ever do a bad like has he ever done like a bad by like modern standards
3: well i suppose it depends well yeah by modern standards no probably not
4: because prometheus is like another personal fave of mine like i always find him very interesting because he just seems very like of the people out there well i mean yeah it. he is
3: quite yeah quite literally of the people yeah no giving them fire
4: but, like, for the most part, I think that's why we, you know, are so fascinated by them is they do good and bad. And that's, that's, you know, like most people, we all out there doing good and bad. You know, it makes them very textured.
3: Yeah. And they they are just, I mean, on top of the good and bad, but they're just really complex generally, you know, like they really do have sort of everything to them especially in those certain stories we get I mean Cupid and Psyche is is an example definitely you know Hades and Persephone and so many of the other ones when we have like a full blown story which so often we don't but when we do there really is so much like yeah I mean the stories the story of, of Aphrodite and Ares and Hephaestus like that alone is like one of the most ancient stories there is and it is wild in so many different ways I mean there's lots of ways you can come at it in terms of like interpreting it but on its surface it is a lot there is so much going on there and I just that alone is like a fascinating way to look yeah at for sure like I think oh so much
4: of the fun of it for me is like you read these myths right and you're like that's outrageous it's so like delightfully Absurd in some bits, and you're like, oh my gosh, what is happening here? And part of what is so exciting about it is going and learning about the ancient world and slowly contextualizing all these statements. That is, learning why they're saying what they're saying. I mean, for example, there's so many times where they bring up like a girdle in the Homeric Hymn to Demeter. They're always talking about her girdle like hanging low, and I'm like, (laughs) I know that she does not have a girdle as we understand what a girdle is now. (laughs) What is that? Like, you know that she's not out there just with a, a, a modern day girdle on. Like, it's got to be something else. So, like, working out what that item of clothing is, is is very exciting <laughs> for
3: me. <laughs> but, like, no, that's guess, so like, true. Yeah. Uh,
4: the other thing, like, so this has actually always got me. So, in the Odyssey, this is bit where uh, I think it's, like, When Odysseus is like almost at home, he's almost at home and he goes to that, (laughs) he goes to their island and I think he still has to reveal that he's Odysseus and they're like, come on guys, let's do sports and they all start doing sports and someone is like, (laughs) you don't look like you do sports at all and he starts to cry. And they're like, oh my god, everyone chill out. Or just use this crying because he <laughs> he feels like he's bad at sports. And for a long time I thought this was like I, like it's amazing, but also I'm like, why is he crying about <laughs> sports? <laughs> like, but then I was listening, like there's a lecture that I listened to. Basically he, he's crying because you know, sports were like very closely linked with training to be a warrior. So basically what yeah. they're saying is like, you don't really look like a warrior. And he's like, oh my God, I don't, like the shame of like losing face, not being good at the thing that he really wants to be seen as being good at. And that's why he's upset. And then you're like, oh, that makes so much more sense. You know, learning about what these people valued, what was important to them what was not important at all to them it's it's fascinating just it's great
3: no i agree entirely i mean especially odysseus he's such an emotional man so he can be he can be so much so when it comes to stuff like that then like to turn it back to lore olympus because as much as i also just love talking about mythology i'm like oh people are gonna be mad at me if i don't also ask Uh -uh." about (laughs) (laughs) lore olympus (laughs) um but yeah so i mean when it comes to like if that's that's the part that fascinates you so much how does that translate into the show like i know you do drop a lot of really subtle and like interesting connections to the ancient world even though you're covering it in the modern world but do you think about that part a lot like how much mm-hmm. ancient you're putting in
4: yeah um it kind of it's sort of like this weird, like the universe that they live in within the olympus is like this weird kind of like Like, it's modern day, but it's not actually meant to be our modern day. Like, it's influenced Mm -hmm. by what we know and, like, things that we may find, like, shocking or might make us happy. But it's also, like, very much, like, I very much try to go and inform this world with things that are still important to the ancient world. There's, like, Mm -hmm. an episode where, like... Persephone's like, family comes to visit her and they, they bring a cow as a gift. And this makes total <laughs> sense. He's like, yeah, I got a cow. Also, like Hades is very happy about receiving this cow. And I'm like, it's a good gift. It's a good gift to get a cow. <laughs> um, what else? I think there's like a lot. So it's not, yeah, again, it's like not a one-to-one tra- translation of it's here and now like it's, it's, it's got like, you know, I try to put in these elements where I can. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I think... For me, the myth itself has so much yield in terms of what, how you can interpret it. If you said to me, like, Laura Olympus is gone, your work is gone, start over, I'd be like, yay! And like, I would just start like, a different interpretation, even if I finished it. And I was like, Laura Olympus is done now, it's complete. And someone was like, do you want to make another thing about Hades and Persephone?" i I'd be like, can I? Oh my gosh, like, there's so much you can do with it like there's so many interpretations in there and also it's very exciting because there's not a lot of stories about women mm-hmm. like in general <laughs> like there's not and this mm-hmm. is like but the story like revolves primarily around Demeter and it's amazing it's amazing to have this whole body of text to tell us things that we may not know about the ancient world and it's just it's very cool and so I I just sorry I'm losing my track of thought because I'm so excited to
5: be talking about (laughs) this I'm
1: like oh my god like I
4: talked to everyone I know already but like you could okay so number one you could do like this fantastic feminist story about like Demeter and her search for like her daughter that's great because it's like it's unheard of it's unheard of for like someone they live in a Patriarchal society within the context of this story. And basically, Zeus has been like, I've given your daughter away. That's it. <laughs> You're not getting her back. And again, like, oh yeah, Elizabeth Van Diver, that's her name. is she, like, her lectures are like fire. If you ever want to hear, like, somebody roast, like, the hero's <laughs> journey, it's great. She will roast that there. It's fantastic. Well, she's kissed. But she, she, she does great lectures, and she, uh, if you ever want to have, like, really solid information about, like, Hades and Persephone, and that myth, she's great, but I'm going to poorly relay that information now, for you, <laughs> today. P- please. But, <laughs> <laughs> like, the, the, the concept of, okay, so in the ancient world, right, you're a mom, ma- you're a mother, you're a mother, you've got your beautiful daughter, your beautiful daughter, you raised her, you spend every day together, and then one day your husband is like, okay, so I've met somebody cool down at the pub, not at the pub, I don't know, somewhere, and we're gonna, <laughs> your daughter's getting married, and like the likelihood of you, if you seeing your daughter again is actually very slim, because it's not like, and they're sure, you know, living in the same neighborhood, like you don't have a plane, like communication is not what we know it today, Like you can't send your daughter an email, So it's like, she's gone. She's gone with this man and you'll probably not see her. And so this is kind of what Tamina's going through. She's like, my daughter is gone. She's married now and I'll never see her again. And her fight fight against bureaucracy to get her daughter back. It's just, it's it's fantastic. But there's also like the opportunity to like talk about Persephone. Because Persephone is a, a... A dear to yourself. We don't really ever get anything where she's like, my name's Persephone and this is my day and this is what it looks like. She she doesn't have like a huge, like people talk about her, but she does Mm -hmm. not say anything that much herself. So you're like, what? So there's a lot of, like, again, and I referenced, like, the beginning of the the interview where we brought up, like, you know, uh, the the gaps, the gaps, they Mm -hmm. haunt me at night. I just want to know. The imagination runs wild. So, like, I just, there's, there's a lot you can do for, like, Persephone's agency within that story. There's, like, a lot of ambiguity around, like, you know, she eats, like, the pomegranate seeds. But I'm, like, I mean, clearly, like, there's rules, so she knows that she shouldn't eat things down there because you'll have to stay there but she's still easy anyway so you're like whoa why though (laughs) like (laughs) why would you do and like just the question around that I'm like did you want to stay what the fuck is happening oh my god and there's, there's a lot there again what's so interesting about it too is this like this massive shift in like you, you can very much explore the underworld and, the, and, and how people felt about it in the sense that, like, and, I'm, I won't be the first person who's probably said this on your podcast, and I won't be the last, but, like, it's really obvious if you look at early works, yeah, the ancient world was really scared of dying. So this is all very scary. But you find, like, as time goes on, like, you know, start to romanticise it a bit more. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. like, we, we now in the modern world love to think about the afterlife. We're like, whoa, yeah, the afterlife, what's happening? And I think that's because we like, most of us kind of are under the assumption that we're going to live until we're very old. That's the, uh, you know, it's, that's the assumption. We take that for granted. But like people in the ancient world, they they like the other day, I was like, Wait, what was the life expectancy? And it was like mm. 20, 20 or 30. <laughs> I'm like, I, I assume it's less if you're a woman because you're giving birth. Um, oh God, Yeah. <laughs> You know, we expect babies to live. And I'm like, they're not living. They're not living back <laughs> It's <No>. very rare. <laughs> like You'd have a lot of them. Yeah. So, like, death was very scary. And, you know, I think matching up those two points and, like, how it gets more, I guess, in the Odyssey, they talk about, like, Persephone a little bit. And she's very scary. She's very scary in the Odyssey. The dread they're goddess. Like, I they're like, it. They're like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my god. Oh, my god. <laughs> I'm still like, who is this for She sounds incredible. But, like, they have all of that, and, and you know, they talk about the underworld, and it's Carrie's king, and then you've got Virgil later on, and he's got, like, pretty much this really extended, like, description of what the underworld has, and it's got, like, you know, your heavenly sections, as opposed to, you know, just death, 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 and more death sad, sad death, it sucks here. So like, they have more, more of a concept of, like, you know, y- you might have, like, an awesome time in the underworld. I don't know, you might. You, it could be good. Yeah, it could be good, and I think that, that's super interesting. So I think that really, like, I'm sorry, this is very long-winded, but essentially, like, I, love I, it. Think, I think about that a lot within writing Laurel Olympus, because I love the idea of, like, the chicken and the egg, which came first. Mm. So, like, at the beginning of *Laurel Olympus, you've got, like, you know, this very kind of, like, a lot of people look at it and they're like, that's not not that's not how this is supposed to be. And I'm like, well, I'm getting there. <laughs> like, I'm still <laughs> writing it. And I love the concept of getting to, like, how, without spoilers, you know, going from point A to point B, like, why is it like this? I suppose a good example of this is, like, currently in the world of *Laurel Olympus is they, and this is like kind of a hard mechanic for me to work out but essentially I was like so do they even have anything that like remotely resembles winter? Do they have that? Mm. So like they have that kind of in the underworld in the sense that they don't have the resources to have sun and and plentiful fields of goodness so it's like it snows there and it's very cold and no I, I could have made it like very warm because I think it's meant to be close to the center of the earth so I was like I'm just going to make it very cold instead which I know may not make sense but it's just because they have like like I mentioned a lack of resources in the mortal realm in the world of Lore Olympus is, the weather is always good like it's either summer or spring it's it's cracking it's great um <laughs> and so they do not yet have a concept of winter but they will later mm. on so um I mean no spoilers but like I mean I guess this, parts myth, this myth has been out for yeah
3: <laughs> a really long time so yeah, spoilers I guess. I There's um, things I think maybe you could see coming based on the myth. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. Not I'm so aware. much a spoiler.
4: <laughs> like I think it's always like it's not a question of so much as when it's more like how will this happen and how will we go about it.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What you were saying earlier about you know the the way Demeter and Persephone's story goes where it is, yeah, like her dad comes in and is like, "This is your husband now, and then Demeter's like, "What the fuck like I have, I, <laughs> like technically speaking, what you've just done is legal because you have control, but like I'm not gonna let it stand, and I love that about her completely and I had a woman on the podcast who she specializes in like chthonic deities and oh, yeah. like the whole underworld um Ellie and Roberts is her name, and she's incredible, but she talked about how um there's like this uh, realm of i think it was in part like italian greece mm-hmm. or greece italy whatever where the the girls who were going off to be married would actually like, create their own i forget it was like a tablet of some kind they would like make their own based around the myth of persephone oh yes and, yeah have you heard yeah. of these things Yes. yeah
4: and also doesn't she like um I have like no source for this, and I can't remember where I heard it. But she liked baby pigs. She was like, "Please give me a baby pig <laughs> and sac- sacrifice." So I love I'm that. Like, but yeah, like yeah, no, she's it's it's interesting hearing about in these these areas, you know, because like again, mythology is very regional. Mm-hmm. It's very regional. So, so yeah, regional. like I love hearing that she she was like kind of wor- worshipped as like a, a a divine goddess. Like her 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 marriage to Hades was like a big ass deal and they were like yeah yeah no I've heard of this but I'm sure this woman has spoke about it much more eloquently
5: than (laughs) me
3: she she, like specialized in it It was fascinating to listen to for like I when I have academics on I'm just like oh my god my mind is blown how can anybody be so like, knowledgeable in one little subject, I'm amazed. But it was just in- so interesting to learn, like, the different ways the Persephone was used. Where like, some of the girls were, like, really afraid of their new husbands. They were afraid to get married because it was terrifying and they mm-hmm. didn't know what was before them. And so some of the depictions had that like that idea presented you know persephone going with hades unwillingly and then alternatively there were all these versions where the women where the girls were like excited they were eager they were looking forward to this chapter in their life and they presented persephone as like really thrilled to go with hades and so you had these like just this dichotomy of it just made it so much more personal and it gave me mm-hmm. such an interesting insight into their relationship because it really like you're there is so much you can interpret into their relationship like for good or bad right mm-hmm. yeah. and and i think it is so interesting to see the way that an actual ancient person also saw that it, it just makes it easier to be like no it is completely complex it's based on the individual people and how they saw it and how they saw it within their own lives and all of that
4: yeah
3: yeah it's it's just (laughs) fascinating no that sounds great that
4: sounds great yeah no i have um it is it is it is uh super interesting to hear about like you know, if you are going by region, what was more important to them and like obviously like some the, the, the life of someone in Athens is going to be very different to the life of someone out in Sicily and it's like
6: mm-hmm.
4: and like a lot of the times like a lot of the information that we have is very like Athenian, so it is great to yeah. hear about these other places. And also like the other thing is because this a is over for a long time.
6: Yes. It's over yes. a long
4: time, like correct me if I am wrong. Just like seven hundred years between yeah. like the Odyssey and um the Aeneid I think it's 700 years at that's least at least and yep. that, like Shakespeare is closer to us than that gap <laughs>
3: that's my go to i'm always saying that i'm yeah. like every time i'm trying to drill that into people's heads is like because people are always wondering, well, what's right and what's wrong? And it's like, no, it's just that there were 700 years so things change. There's no yeah. right and wrong necessarily. But yeah, exactly. It's like it's like looking back to Shakespeare's time and being like, why isn't everything exactly the same as it is now?
4: <laughs> yes. Like, it's like, I always think about it as kind of like, <laughs> like how we look at, we, sorry, this is like kind of a tangent. But I knew this woman who used to give uh, lectures on like fashions of the Elizabethan period. Mm. and she oh she was so great she would talk about like how they dyed the fabrics and all that stuff but anyway I won't won't go go too deep into that but she did have like this discussion about basically like the fashion that was in the Titanic and like the outfits that Rose has are basically would be she'd be like rocking up onto the Titanic dressed in like 80s style versus like now and we'd be like why is this very 80s person here with their very 80s look and I just I love it so much like just like it is yes it's it's a big time big place lots of different rules lots of different kings I mean there's a lot going on there's no strict dogma so that's why it's so interesting. And you see people fighting about stuff. And I'm like, no, guys, chill out. You're right. And you're right. And you're right. And you're right. And, like, you over there in the back, you might be wrong. But that's cool. Like, <laughs> <You're> <laughs> <close you're>, enough. <laughs> like, like occasionally someone will, like, be like, oh, my God, have you heard of this? And I'm like, no. And then it turns out that they're talking about Town. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> obviously, like, some people are going to be wrong. But for the most part, there's, like, Oh my god, this is so much to go on. There's so many different perspectives. It's it's very good. It's very very good.
6: Yeah.
3: Oh yeah, and it is so interesting though. Just even the connection to Hades Town, like the way that people will take in a piece of adaptation, like some kind of a, a piece of classical reception, mm-hmm. and then they will turn it as if like obviously that whole thing came from a myth. It's like that happens to me a lot, just with people questioning things. Like, I mean, I think a great example in, maybe one that you want to talk about too because i find her particularly interesting in lore olympus but is minthi so like everyone everyone asks me about her <gasps> and i think you're probably a huge part of that <laughs> okay look i had. not <laughs> yeah i i know i, I want to hear your thoughts on her because i i i like looked into her once and i was like oh She's, like, in two different places, like, really late. Like, not, like, really late sourcing. I'm so fascinated by this character. And, like, you're not the only one who use, utilizes her, especially in Hades and Persephone adaptations. But this character who's, like, kind of an afterthought note, like, in one source has become this, like, big epic, like, foil. And I find that fascinating. So I, I yeah. want to hear how you created her.
4: So, like, Sorry. Oh. So. It's... it's She's definitely, like, one of those figures that is definitely, like, you can only really find her, like, in fragments.
3: Yeah. And they're usually from, like, like first century BC or AD. Like, they're really, they're so fascinatingly late, but interesting. I love it.
4: You're like, excuse me? No. um,
3: (laughs) (laughs) I think, like,
4: I mean, in my research, I was like, I literally can only find these little bits on her. And... I think th- there's two conflicting uh, points that I found about her. and this is the gist: is either one, she uh, th- there's Hades and Persephone, they are married, and she's like this, this that he has either is wanting to partake in or is, is or has, and then she basically is walking around being like, "Oh my god, I'm so much better than Persephone," <sighs> the kind of thing essentially. And Persephone is like, "Wow, excuse me." Now you're a plot. So what do you think of that? (laughs) Or there is like another version where she, Minthe or Mint is Hades' current consort. And then he's like, so I hate to break it to you, but I just, I went to the, I got a a wife. She's here now. uh, This is kind of awkward and she's mad. And she (laughs) goes to uh, like, I guess the mortal realm. For lack of a better description, and again shoots her mouth off, and it's like, well, I'm better than her. Like, and to me, it's like, well, fuck you. And <laughs> turns her into a plot. She's like, no one's better than my daughter. <laughs> and, like, turns her into a plot. And I'm like, sorry. I shouldn't laugh.
3: Because it's very No, funny. I mean, but like, yeah, so, but it's Greek math. Yeah, yeah,
4: you yeah. can <laughs> like these two. So I guess like my adaptation comes from like. Mortals may not know, but I assume that most uh, nymphs and other immortal creatures or, like, demi-creatures understand what gods are like, which are that (laughs) they should be avoided. Like, (laughs) they're kind of, like... That they just do what they feel like. And this should be avoided at all costs. So I can't imagine what would be going through your head to be like, you know what? I'm just going to pop off. Like, I'm just going to yeah. totally go off. <laughs> I'm like, who is this, this nymph who's just like really comfortable with going off? And that just really involved, it informs the whole story of like how I write her. I'm like, yep. Okay. So you've got this nip and she's like totally comfortable with basically saying that she's better than Persephone. <laughs> and I'm like... By all accounts, Persephone is like, any description that you get of her, like, she's clearly, like, top shelf according to (laughs) (laughs) these ancient texts. Like, there's this, the poet, I think it's notice.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, wild. So
4: he has this whole paragraph that literally I'm obsessed with where he basically writes about how all the youth gods are like, whoa, excuse me this goddess is very good looking so we're all gonna go to like Demeter and offer up these gifts and be like okay gosh like I think Hermes is like you get my scepter here you go you can have this and <laughs> I think Hephaestus says something and I think even I think even there's a line sorry I should have it in front of me but I don't I haven't really oh, in a little worry. while but like there's like a bit where Ares is like going to give up his rioting with with Aphrodite and I'm like, oh my god, it's rioting with Aphrodite. Oh my this is god. Very saucy. So clearly that sounds amazing. So clearly she's she's very just she's hot. She's yeah she's, she's obviously got something going on there. <laughs> and yeah, to me she's just like I'm not having it. It's great.
3: I, I love that. I've been slowly reading bits and pieces of gnoce um for Cadmus and Harmonia content because they're oh, yes. my people.
6: Yeah.
3: And yeah, that, that Dionysiaca is something yes. else as a source. Yeah, it is wild. And it's also from like the Hellenistic period too. Like mm-hmm. it's also so late and no, it's not even, I think it's much later. I think it's like, I don't even know. It's, it's like, very scandalous. Late. It's very and it's, scandalous. Yeah, and it's it's like on a bit where like describing
4: like Persephone having a bath and everything. Oh my I'm God. Saying, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, d- don't quote me. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I but, like, you. I'm i pretty sure there's like a bit where she's she lies. Doing, she's working on her loom, and she gets real hot, and then she has a bath, and Zeus like sees <laughs> her somehow in the where where she's having a bath, and like exits the house of Hera. I think that's the words that I hear. Oh, no. uh, it's very scandalous,
3: and I'm like, "What? Excuse me?
6: Excuse
4: yeah. me?" <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh, that's great.
2: Visit LiveNation.com ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars. Oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
3: Well, okay, that kind of, even just mentioning some of those characters now, I'm, I'm curious i'm curious about a couple of things first do you also obsessively use the website three theoy.com yes every day every day of my life it's yeah great because it
4: like tells you things but
3: also tells you where to go find them exactly which is
4: like a big deal to me because i'm like you can tell me something but like i'd love to know where it is like i am the
3: same way i'm and i find we're rare we're a rare sort who's like I need you to tell me the thing, but I also desperately need to know where I can find it in the original source.
4: People can tell you things and that's great, but like, where is it? Like, I just want to read it too. Like, I just want to know. Yeah. So that is what's great about that website is it has its scholarly sources and you're like, thank you. Now I could write my thing. And again, like, I guess this relates to like Laura Olympus as well as I think some people think it's meant to be like, you know, a beat for beat thing like a beat for the beat interpretation and i'm like no 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 this is
3: no this is
4: like something else like it's inspired and obviously i've thought about it a lot like i think about it every day of my life for like <laughs> the past half decade please don't cite it as a scholarly source for the love of god please don't write your essay and add in that like hades made persephone an espresso in his kitchen <laughs> like it's never happened he never made her an espresso guys hold out Cancelled
3: today. (laughs) Telling lies. I have to say though, like the fact that, like the fact that it is not at all a beat for beat telling of the myth is why I love Lore Olympus. Like I have a lot of trouble with Hades and Persephone myth or uh, retellings in certain cases because they often, I think, try to stay too literal, and then I have too much trouble with the like the darkness that is inherent in a lot of the literal myth and yours doesn't it you've like separated yourself from all the dark bits in that way I hope this I, I, I'm yeah. hoping this comes across as good as I mean it and I'll cut it accordingly but like that's why I love Laura Olympus versus like every other one that I've come across because I'm like you're not making Demeter out to be like some I don't know I guess most of them just make Demeter out to be this like horrific monster of a mother and it bums me out
4: yeah I okay like I mean like a lot of people you know read Laura Olympus and they are very like frustrated with the character Demeter as I show her and I have thoughts on this like so I really like Demeter I really like her for me I think about she reminds me of the type of mother who was like we're going to the cinema we're going to the movies But I will not buy you that terrible movie popcorn. I will stay home and I will make you some homemade popcorn that you will then have (laughs) in your own little baggie to take to the cinema and it will be so much better for you. And like, yeah, there are times in Laura Olympus where like, Demeter is definitely not perfect. She definitely, you know, has her moments where you're like, gosh, Demeter, you shouldn't have done that. But she also has like some uh, redeemable qualities. And I think a lot of the things that she does within Laura Olympus is... Because she's very frightened. She's very, very frightened because she has, like, experienced the world in such a way which has caused her to be like, oh, no, I really want, you know, I really want my daughter to live the type of life that, you know, I want to live. And and I think, you know, she's she's definitely far from perfect, but I think as the story goes along, people will be like, oh, that's why she is the way she is, and that makes her a sympathetic character. Mm -hmm. So I don't like, entirely, like, I think people do, you know, and this is no shade to them, like, however you want to tell your story, it's absolutely up to you, that's fine, you do your thing, but, like, um, (laughs) (laughs) for me personally, I just, I personally, when I go about, like, writing characters, for the most part, I want them to do things that are wrong, but also be redeemable, Mm -hmm. and also be, like, sympathetic, so, like, they're not going to get everything right, I, I like the concept of like almost making the characters like polarizing, where you know like some people are going to be like this really annoys me, and some people will be like, oh, I really relate to this, and I really enjoy those types of conversations where you know people can then come to understand each other a little bit better. I really enjoy Persephone in the se- in, within the story because I'm like, yeah, she did like kill a whole bunch of people. <laughs> And I enjoy the conflict of that with her character, where she, you know, seems very nice, and she's trying to like reconcile those, you know, those things. And it just it makes for a very exciting and rewarding writing experience. So, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, people, you know, at times will look at Demeter in the context of Flor Olympus and be like, oh man, she's 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 not it, she's not it. But I'm like, just wait. <laughs>
3: no i think you've shown enough progression anyway like she does still progress even even as much as you've written so far Mm -hmm. like i can see you can still see her grow in that way because i yeah i know what you mean but i mean not to just like reassure you which you probably don't need but i really love her in lore olympus and i'm picky with those (laughs) Thank you.
4: but yeah i mean i i definitely you know i i mean i i know i have probably like a very specific approach to like how I portray the characters and you know that's going to be different from like how other people do their retellings Mm -hmm. and again what people do with their retellings is definitely up to them and more power to them like I'm certainly not here to be like well I did that so I'm gonna do that I'm like that's not what I'm about that's not what I'm here for yeah
3: yeah no and like I don't want I don't I don't want it to sound like I'm judging people for what they create it's more like for my oh yeah enjoyment of it yeah
4: (laughs) yeah I think there's definitely I think that's fine to be like you know sometimes (laughs) something isn't just like sometimes something's just not for you and that's totally cool but
3: that is yeah well and as somebody who is like so just completely obsessed with the mythology and the original sources I sometimes (laughs) do find it hard with certain retellings because I it's just like my personality and the way that I take in the myths yeah that it's just like yeah it's not always gonna work for me because I'm a bit of a lunatic when it comes to the original sources and like knowledge of them um but it's I think I just yeah I really enjoyed the the lightness I guess of the character or of a lot of your characters certainly not all of them there's definitely darkness in the <laughs> this too but I want I'm so curious about your choice to make Aphrodite and Ares like basically if not officially together I don't know if they're like officially together I kind of like that Ares is kind of like the guy who's like lying around on the couch all the time. But yeah. what are...
4: Okay. Oh. The, my, my thoughts on their art is like.
3: <laughs> I, I love them.
4: <laughs> you know what? I did not think I'd be talking about them today. So now I'm like pulling mm. a major blank. But I really like the idea of Aphrodite being like pretty well organized in her own life. Like I kind of look at her as being very like. She's got her own things going on. She's very like, I am an adult woman <laughs> out here wheeling and dealing. It's <laughs> like we don't get that much. Like again, Aries is like one of those characters that you don't like hear that much about.
1: Like, no. I mean,
4: he gets some stuff, but I find him like again. It's like that whole like curiosity of like, what else is he doing? How they get together? Like, and I, you know, if it, you hear a lot of people reason this and they're like they're both very passionate people and that's why they're together they're, and I kind of view them in this kind of eternal on again off again relationship
5: mm-hmm. where like
4: <laughs> she you know they they love each other but they may not necessarily be like oh my god like we, we constantly need to be like devoted to each other forever like I really like the concept of that movie, only love is left alive where they've got like those two immortal vampires and they don't like they've been alive for so long that they travel the world in like different areas and they only see each other occasionally and when they're together they love each other so much and I'm like I think that's so romantic actually (laughs) but I also haven't watched that movie in a long time so someone's (laughs) like what are you talking about I'll be like I don't know (laughs) it's a fever dream (laughs) but I do like that concept of yeah them. Like, the characters, most of them are, like, immortal. And I like to think about what that might do to someone's brain being alive that long and how that would affect you and how you would, like, go about managing your relationships if you are alive for that long and the progression of that.
6: Yeah,
3: yeah, I really... No, that that very much speaks to, I think, all of it, but also specifically them. Because that's kind of... I mean, I, I just I have an attachment to them, but I, I completely agree with that general understanding of them. Just that kind of, like, yeah, they're, you know, they love each other, but they're not, like, going to be at each other's side all the time. Yeah, because I don't
4: think they get get married ever, unless...
3: They're never technically together in the myths beyond just having a lot of kids, and therefore a lot of sex.
4: Yeah. Yeah, like, they don't have, like, they don't talk a lot about marriage between the gods, really. Like, I mean, you've got, like, Zeus and Hera, and you've got, like, Hades and Persephone, and you've got Poseidon and his wife,
3: Amphitrite, thank you
4: she's always forgotten it's <laughs> not like, that it's your fault but she just always is was <laughs> like pronunciation i can do it <laughs> oh yeah i know <laughs> but, but like his his wife that he got via his dolphin side oh yeah kick. but yeah they don't talk about like marriage that much I Again, mean, this is like why you go back to hades and persephone because i'm like this is a story about marriage and you do have this whole bit and i guess i've got to cite like the homeric hymn because i like, Mm-hmm. in personal preference i like it better than like the other most put together text which is by ovid which i just you oh know, yeah it's very like descriptive and very beautiful but also it's very like oh I'm
6: pushing
3: yeah
4: it's, it's definitely like it's a different type of story for sure so i, I like my personal preference is, is the homeric hymn but like you know hades does this whole bit where like she's leaving and he's like i mean this is probably like your know, not ideal situation but like like I've got all this stuff here it would be pretty cool and no one's allowed to like essentially the translation is like people aren't allowed to insult you I'll, I'll fuck them <laughs> up like you're not gonna lose space you're not gonna lose honor I'll destroy them and like I mean obviously that's like problematic but like <laughs> just like you know you don't really get like a lot of these declarations within greek mythology towards mm-hmm. women towards goddess characters and also this theseus and his colleague here you know they journey down into the underworld because they're all, he's like i deserve to have the daughters of zeus as, as brides and i'm like i don't know why you would do this I think I think I heard something someone give a description they did this because it was their destiny to do so and they couldn't avoid Uh, it but I don't know about no but they they head into the underworld and Hades is just like there and he's like hi and pretends to be nice to them and then you know makes them be stuck to stone chairs forever and i mean, well, one of them there forever and I'm like yeah this is I mean obviously again problematic but violent but he's standing up for his life. He's like, "I'm so, and it's it's it doesn't happen like a huge amount in Greek mythology, so it's nice to you know, nice, <laughs> even though no <laughs>
3: I, I mean, I agree completely. there's I don't even think you need to clarify that it's problematic about them being stuck to chairs for life. Like they deserve it completely. Theseus is the biggest asshole of all of Greek mythology, and Pirithous is his best friend who then decided to, like, one-up him by being like, I'm going to go abduct the Queen of the Underworld. Like, if anyone deserved, (laughs) like, eternal punishment, it's them. (laughs) So I I, I stand by
4: that. Okay, yeah, because he's like Mr. Forgetful. Mr. like he leaves his wife behind. Uh-huh. He like forgets to put up themselves His dad dies. I'm like, uh-huh. Mr. And then he, you need to do he, some memory exercises. Sir. you left
3: your wife behind. I <laughs> mean, yeah. And then like the whole daughters of Zeus thing too. Like Theseus decides he needs Helen, except that she, according to most sources, she's like twelve at the time, and he goes and kidnaps her. To marry, and then Pirithous goes for Persephone. So, like, they're also doing that together, and Theseus just kills a ton of people and then marries his wife's sister after he left the first one on an island. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> it's like yeah, no. the same dad? Isn't
4: it the same king? Like, oh, yeah. You left my yeah. other
3: daughter on an island, but, like, uh-huh. I, was, I mean,
5: sure. sure. Like,
3: he also I, kidnapped an Amazon. Like, oh, yeah. He literally is the worst. <laughs> I think
4: a- Ariadne. I I like to believe the myth where um, Dionysus comes and marries her instead. I, I think that's oh, lovely. Yeah. I'm like, nope, oh, same. that's yeah. nice. That's nice. So I like that. I don't like her Dionysus exposure on the island. I'm like, don't make her die. No, no. She was just trying to be helpful. <laughs> she doesn't <Yeah>. deserve this.
3: <laughs> no, it's... I too stand by she married Dionysus like, I
4: think most people prefer that. definitely yeah. more interesting. <laughs>
3: Yeah, he's better than Theseus anyway. Um, which, like, it, you know, you can decide how much to say or how much you allow me to keep on here. But I have to ask about, you have set up Zeus and Semele. Oh, And yes. then left us hanging for so long. I
4: know. Okay, look.
3: <laughs> it's been
4: so long. I think, like, we're coming back. We're coming back. It's, okay, go. I mean, obviously, we're going to come back to it. Because some people are like, where's Dionysus? And I'm like, well, wow, similarly.
3: Yeah, sim- I know. But similarly, don't, don't think like, that, cu- that did not pass me by. <laughs> I,
4: was I, mean, like, I think this is okay <laughs> to leave it. It's fine. Um, okay. But I mean, <laughs> eventually he's going to make it to the Pantheon one way or another. I think obviously, um, in terms of writing something that is episodic, and this is clearly something that like, you know, I know now. <laughs> but like, when mm-hmm. you... As a body of work, if this was all complete, this would you'd not be waiting that long. You'd not be waiting that long to have, like, the resolution to this plot point. So <laughs> I, would, I think now, I mean, probably it would make more sense to, like, shift that plot point to, like, a different place in the story. But again, I I kind of look at Lore Olympus as, like, one day it'll be finished. And, like, I'm writing for two audiences in the sense that, like, there's an audience that reads from week to week, essentially, or like maybe from month to month. But then you know you have to think about the whole story as is. Like, how will this read in three sittings? Like, someone's mm-hmm. like just come to it and they've read it like this, and it's, it's it definitely makes I think for a different read. And I try to be mindful of both formats because obviously you do need to be kind to the people who are reading it from week to week because they, you know, they put me where I am thanks week to week people I see you <laughs> thank you but you know it definitely makes sense to have it be cohesive as a big whole piece like a big whole text. so that this is a very difficult balance so I think mm-hmm. in hindsight I probably would have shifted that event to somewhere else but it just so happened that it fit in there unfortunately like I don't think like obviously like I don't intend for forever Tadies, to have fallen out with his brother Zeus. Yeah, like, clearly Dian- yeah, Dionysus is making his way into the story one way or another, so it's
3: fine. That's what matters, yeah. honestly. That's what matters. We love him. Um, and that just reminded me, I don't know how because we weren't talking about it, but I'm so... I, I, I'm trying to, like, phrase things in a way where I'm not just saying, like, I love this part. Talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> um... But, like, I love the Titans. I love that you made them, like, enormous, like, monumental. Like, and they're, and I mean, Kronos is, like, the best level of creepy that I could (gasps) have ever imagined in a way that I'm, like, he's kind of dorky to me in the mythology because it's just, like, he just does such stupid shit. And, but, like, it's so violent, but also it's just so, like, over the top. But I find in his enormous blue and scary... Is he blue or grey? Or he's something where you're just like, you're terrifying. Yeah, he's kind of like a
4: galaxy colour. Sometimes he's red, sometimes he's blue. Um, I kind of like the idea of the the, the primordial gods being very big, because they're like the Mm. first ones. So they're very big. And I think it's like inconsistent in the sense that I think they could probably make themselves very small if they felt like it like mm. they, they they can you know take whatever size they want so I, I kind of like imagine that every time they like procreate their offspring kind of get smaller and smaller which is <laughs> like it's such a weird thing to think about and I don't I don't I know like how it. I landed with this like because you see it kind of like in um the Hades the game like I have not played it myself because mm. so I was too busy Neither, making my I... comic and if I play yeah. again, my arm will drop off but like uh, Zagreus is, is very small and Hades is very big. And hmm. I kind of like, for me, like, again, because you've got, like, characters in Laura Lopez who are also very small and very big. And I like the idea like, as they go along, they get smaller and smaller. So, like, you know, like, Hades is quite big. He's he's meant to be, like, a big guy who needs to buy, like, a bespoke larger car. Like, this very. <laughs> I, like, I kind of wish I made him a little smaller because it makes him very difficult to draw in proportion to things. So I'm like, Mm. I have to draw him in a car. Like, I'm like, I've got this drawing of a car. And like, either Persephone has to look really tiny in the car or Hades has to look really big in the car. And it just, it makes it really hard. I really, I really (laughs) like Dug myself a hole on that one. Being (laughs) being Frank, it's so difficult. Because it's like like, she's very, she's tiny. She's tiny, but also she gets very big. (laughs) <laughs> which is like <laughs> sorry I just love the idea of her being very big but yeah she's she's like the littlest and I kind of like do this because she's the latest to the pantheon like so I kind mm-hmm. of get fa- i fascinated with the structure of the pantheon and like when yeah. various deities came into it and it's it's all very interesting like I like again talking about not having answers to things, but if you even think about like the whole Titanomachy and like the, um, the the division of wealth. So, you know, you've got these three brothers and they're like, we get all this stuff. We, we get these realms and the women who are there are just like, well, okay. And they kind of get the earth. This ranges from source to source, obviously, mm-hmm. but they, they don't get a lot. And so for me, a lot of the tensions in Lore Olympus are kind of based on this division where like these characters got a lot, these characters got a li- little and that is where like, they've got like this historical tension with them that never really leaves them. Um, and you don't hear a lot about it. And I'm like, I want to know about this. Like, I, like, obviously this is probably like a very traumatic situation. Like,
6: mm-hmm. like
4: we read about it and we read about like, hey, being like uh, devoured and these characters being devoured. And, it's funny but then you try and think about what that might really be like and it's very scary and like you think about like I don't know even Gaia being like forced to keep her children up inside her body
3: yeah (laughs) like
4: that must be very painful it's just I don't know super again very compelling like there's lots to there's lots to write about and like I know I've taken like at times a very like literal like it's very literal and could probably like be much more metaphorical with it but i'm like so he's literally like the, these characters were like literally swallowed by chronos spent some time chilling out in there and also oh god this is like not my a thing of my invention or thought and i've heard like a couple of people say it like obviously i don't want to not credit people but i think there's like some le- lecture that i listen to where like the order of which they came out of chronos is really important in the sense that, Mm -hmm. like, Hades was, like, the first son, and then on leaving, he ended up being the last son, so he ends up being, like, his importance is kind of damaged in this way, where he should be, like, the first son, the best one, but he's not, and he's suddenly Mm -hmm. now the the last son who gets, like, the least rights to things, which I think definitely, uh, I think that's a really persuasive argument, I'm like, yeah, because they do have, like, such a big you know first sons are a real big deal
3: in classical uh literature so yeah yeah it's funny i've never thought about it in terms of the sons i always just think about it in terms of like all the children because it's like zeus and hestia are the first in first out but yeah it is so much more meaningful in that world to think about it like when it comes to the men because they would be the ones to inherit everything anyway so that's very interesting yeah i hadn't i hadn't thought about that
4: yeah i mean obviously i think about like in this context, if we're talking about Laura Olympus, because obviously another elephant in the room, incest, Uh, uh <laughs> and riding around this is very difficult. It's very difficult, and I'm constantly mm-hmm. in fear of, of messing it up. I feel like I get that. I'm in a cat suit. I'm in the museum. There's lasers around me. I'm like, jumping <laughs> Around the lasers, like trying to avoid the incest. And one day, one of these days, someone's gonna have like a like gotcha moment with me, and I'm just waiting for it. It's so hard. So yeah, I made the like again. This is where you have to like take liberties because either you're gonna have to be like, okay, so this just incest, and like it's very hard. (laughs) It's a very hard selling point in a modern context. Like, if you're talking <laughs> yeah. to, like, I mean, obviously, if you're talking to someone who's, like, oh, I know a lot about Greek mythology, and this is a fact that I know and have known for a long time, and I've moved past it. <laughs>
3: like, yeah, clearly... Yeah, you have to, though.
4: Like, you have to. <laughs> I don't know. This is, like, another question that I have, where clearly, like, I know in the ancient world they were aware of, like, incest, so they knew not to marry their sisters. And I think... <laughs> that they knew not to do this, so I really want to know what they thought about, like, these relationships between the gods and, like, how they viewed Mm -hmm. them. I'm very curious about that. So if you ever find the answer to that, please let me know. But anyway, like, you've got Kronos, and I kind of had to, like, separate off their sisters in, like, a different way. So Hestia, Hera, and Demeter, in this case, are, like, made by Metis. She's, She's like, I'm going to make them... So they're not related by blood and they're like made from like, like it's more like it's kind of etiological in the sense that they're made from things from like the earth or things mm-hmm. around that she found. So there is, you know, obviously I had to take some liberties to avoid the incest. And like, <laughs> again, like to me, Demi- Demeter made Persephone on her own, but I don't mm-hmm. think this yep, is smart. like, yeah, I don't think this is like, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. Like, there's like a lot of you know times where I don't know, like Hera made Hephaestus on her own. Like, she was literally like, "I'm so mad that Zeus had Athena on his own. I can make oh a baby. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll show you." Like, so I thought it's not out of the realm of possibility for these characters to be like making these babies on their own. I think it's you know, it's fine it's I'm oh absolutely. Worry well, it's fine. Yeah.
3: no but god it's better yeah i mean making making those liberties or taking those liberties is certainly better than being like so here's the thing hades is persephone's uncle on both sides because yeah
4: like, on both sides he's like that's a double like, uncle
3: but he's also double to make, uncle
4: to make it more difficult like even in ancient greece there were like apparently so they didn't view marrying your uncle as incest either. Like, no, so that, that's with it. That, again, if you gross. come and listen to this thing by Elizabeth Van Diver, which I encourage everyone to do, cause yeah. it's so great. Yeah, it's really common to because I think it's, it's super common to marry your uncle because he knows your dad. <laughs>
3: I know yeah oh my god keeps, that's exactly it right? and it keeps, and it keeps
4: the dad. wealth like close by because your just like yeah. but my brother's my best bud <laughs> it makes sense and it keeps the wealth close by and I know where all my stuff's going so like they didn't they didn't think that was incest but they certainly thought like brother sister was incest but that was like where mm-hmm. they drew the line and I think oh yeah
3: <laughs> yeah I think for the gods it must have just been that like there were no other options, yeah. so somehow it's okay, where it's like it just doesn't count for them, because... Like, yeah,
4: I mean, this is like, uh, if you're dealing with any sort of, like, pantheon, I feel like this is very much the case across the
3: board. Because mm-hmm. like, uh, who else are they going to marry? <laughs>
4: yeah, like, yeah, who they are, they're like, they, well, they're not going to... Maybe they're just like, what's worse, getting with a model, which I think maybe <laughs> is, is beneath them, or like, it, 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 their, their own siblings, I don't know, it's very, like, I have questions. I just I have again questions which I want to know the answers to. I'm very curious. Yeah.
3: All I want in the world is all the missing texts. That's all I want.
4: Yeah, I think maybe they just like it's it's, it's not a big deal. I thought yeah. it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. There's probably yeah. just lack of options, I don't know.
3: There was one question that I wanted to finish it off with. I just want to I would love to know who is your favorite character? to write or to draw whichever is sort of the more fun thing for you like who do you really get a thrill to to work with
4: like who who do I like drawing best Um, yeah
3: or just like who do you're like oh I get to make I get to do this episode today this this particular character is like a favorite
4: anytime it's like any any romance based thing to do with Hades and Persephone Mm -hmm. which is actually like really limited at the moment in this comic about them so anytime I get to like (laughs) do anything I'm like yeah so exciting Uh, or anything that involves setting the tone Mm. so there are definitely uh, not all episodes are created equally that's impossible (laughs) so I definitely enjoy the big swirly artistic ones where I get to be like Mm. this is more metaphorical as opposed to like ones where they're like standing in a kitchen But like they're in the kitchen And this is Hades Kitchen. And this is like the 52nd episode of Hades Kitchen. So that does not, (laughs) like in the year 2001 does not entice me that much anymore. But if you were like, oh, you know, that's a big swirly picture of Persephone turning into butterflies. I'd be like, yes, I'm going to do that today. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Or like, I don't know. Just anything where I get to draw them, like using their powers. That's very fun. Yeah, That's a fun thing to do uh yeah no i'd say still hades and pacific yeah.
3: <laughs> i love that i i can immediately like as soon as you start talking about that i can then picture scrolling those ones where you yeah. and i can see exactly what you mean especially when i think you work with like some flashbacks with when it comes to like the titans and mm-hmm. stuff like that i feel like so often they're really like visual and cool and like there's yeah there's a lot i'm not yeah I, why i I'm artistic in my own way but not in describing it <laughs> but I could like picture it what you mean
4: and Also, like anything to do with like the law of the world that they mm. live in so like again like a little while someone was a while ago someone was like I didn't even know why Laurel Olympus is called Laura Olympus and I was like I can see why you might ask that question but I'd like to think <laughs> that like now it's like more apparent Is it's like if this is some law that they have like it may not necessarily mm. be like factually correct but in this universe this is like Again, like I mentioned before about like not knowing the answers to questions, I'm like, here's the answers to my question try to answer myself within this body of text. Yeah, so
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. Yeah, it's it, I, I just really enjoy the way you're working with all of that and the way you are kind of, I guess answering those questions that we have, which is nice because I too am obsessed with getting the answers <laughs> to like
1: yes. what we
3: don't know my people are cadmus and harmonia and mm-hmm. i they also are like deeply lacking in sourcing mm-hmm. except for that weirdo nous, which is like with his completely bizarre epic <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah so i i get it it's just like there's so many questions there's so many missing pieces thank you so much no for problem. doing this i thank really you for appreciate me.
4: It. no it's been a blast it's been a blast
3: Oh, nerds, thank you all so much for listening. I mean, this was so much fun. If you haven't read Rachel's webtoon, Lore Olympus, please highly recommend it's really fun and beautiful and a great and lovely adaptation of greek myth generally and the hades and persephone myth specifically but what i love so much about laura olympus is the way she's adapting so many myths into this world and the way she's doing them so i just generally highly recommend this webtoon it's gorgeous and then obviously highly recommend it in book form too um should be available wherever you live in book form again as of today the day this episode is being released so thank you all so much for listening um, this is one of my most exciting conversations and one that I know so many of you are going to be so excited by and that alone just makes me so much more excited so I just I really appreciate you all you are all the best this job is very fun Greek mythology is super cool and dorky in the absolute best way I am live, and I love this shit <laughs>